my cup. Think to be a decker, most to see clean far them top. Get me pains of lint, Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold, and what a treat this week. And it's very a serendipitous time. I said serendipitous to have our guest, Elizabeth A. Davis, Tony-nominated actress who was in the uh, Broadway musical Once. Isn't this a coincidence? (laughs) She will be starring in the revival on Broadway of 1776. And it's the, it. Yesterday was uh, July Fourth, Independence Day. Isn't that crazy? The way that worked out. Oh, I just really have the luck. She's fascinating. She's wonderful, and we have a lot of friends in common. So I think you're gonna um, you're gonna really enjoy this interview. Hopefully, as much as I did. FYI, if you're on the Cape, I am performing tomorrow night and tonight. Tuesday and Wednesday at the Art House at 7.30. So, uh, sit back, relax. I realized where I got sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's from every fucking flight I have taken. Because I took a flight today, and I realized that they said sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight, which doesn't happen, especially when there's a baby screaming behind you. But um, I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Kill Me Now Judy Gold. This is a very special episode of Kill Me Now because I literally slept in a sleeping clinic last night because I snore. And my lover, Elisa, can't take it anymore. Neither can I because it's like that, a lot of that. I came home and took a nap because our guest today, not only interesting, Uber talented. I'm going to go with like beyond attractive, like annoyingly attractive. Then plus the smart plus the musician. It's a quadruple sextuplet sextuplet threat. I just wish it meant that I made more money. No. Sister. (laughs) That is my... I in therapy every week, and I know we share so uh, we share a a, a, a work ethic. Uh, listening to you speak about your work, the idea of integrity and due diligence, like this podcast for me is a um, it's out of love. I don't make any money from that. You know, it's a labor of love. But the the word labor, I think is what a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. Th- that is the most important thing. Yes. And now before we begin, and I, I mentioned your name, I and mean, even though we've already begun, we've only just begun. I'll find your key. Some, I'll, I'll find to it. live widely. Sin- okay. How dare you say you're not a singer? Look at you. Oh, Listen. yeah. I just want to say our guest today, Tony nominated... Drama Desk nominated. I was also Drama Desk nominated, but I knew I lost because I was in row S for sorry. Yeah. So Elizabeth A. Davis, also Elizabeth Ann Davis, but we call her Elizabeth A. Davis, who is a Broadway. Okay. I, I don't even know how to say this. Okay. 
she's an, a Broadway performer, an off-Broadway performer, a writer, a musician, a creator of art. Really fascinating life. So everybody, Elizabeth A. Davis is with us tonight, and she you're going to see her on Broadway very soon. You know, we'll see what happens. It's supposed to happen, but at this, you know, does anyone act? Oh, please. You know, it's supposed to happen, Judy. I trust that it will happen, but, you know. I am poo-poo-poo all the time because you're like me in that way, too. I mean, you just don't know. And, and I mean, we're going to talk about the COVID situation later because your story about COVID is, is fascinating. But, you know, right before COVID, I was cast in a Broadway, my first serious Broadway show. I was, I was finally cast. I've done a lot of off-Broadway. And um, so I was finally cast in this show. And Elisa, my lover, she... Um, L-O-V-A-H? Yes. Yes! Oh, my God! You're so smart! Okay, yes, lover. She, she, I literally am sitting at my desk. It's, right, it's like March, whatever, that whole horrible time period. And she says to me, I got you a present. And she goes to the bedroom. And then as she's walking back from the bedroom, my agent calls to tell me "Mm, COVID not happening. You know, they first they say on hold and then it's like on never. Uh, And she literally has in her hand a pillow that's that she had made that said Broadway bound Judy. I hate everything. Everything. So that's my COVID story. But okay. But um, you have a better one. So Elizabeth A. Davis, we're going to start at the very beginning. You were born in Duma, Texas, but you were raised in Channing, Texas, which has a population of 363 people. That's 363 people, folks. Total. That's like the capacity at Caroline's uh, on Broadway Comedy Club. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It, we have, uh, I grew up driving an hour to get groceries every week. What? Did you have like ice, ice packs? Because er, when, when Elisa and I go to the grocery store and it's literally in Provincetown and it's literally two seconds away. And she's like, oh my God, oh, the frozen fruit. I'm like, we're going like 10 feet. Okay. All right. Book ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So we have, we have a light, we have a light at the main intersection of town, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop you. It just blinks. Yeah. So, so my, my mother grew up on a farm about 15 miles from this town. My father grew up about two hours from this town. Uh, and my parents are still there. It's the house I grew up in. So it's uh, it, it feels impossible. Um, and it's, and it's all I ever knew. And it's, I, so it's so fascinating because it's it's sort of like towns like that are are in movies are 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 you know fantasy. Your mom, by the way, Melody. Your dad, Frank. You have a brother, Jonathan, and your dad was the superintendent of the schools. Correct. Also, Judy. While my father was the superintendent, he also had a bus route. We have the longest bus routes in the entire state of Texas because kids live so far out on the ranches. Right. Right. Husband, like 40 miles out of town on a ranch. So Frank Davis would like drive his bus 
um, and pick up the kids and then come superintend and then, and then direct the play. And so I think that, you know, the work ethic piece or the sense of labor, there was always, there was always something to do. People are like, weren't you bored? No, I was not bored. If you were bored, go out and dig a hole. Well, you know, that's so interesting because I was just talking about this. When people say, weren't you bored? You know, the fact, I don't think kids today know how to be bored. I think since the invention of the, uh, of social media and the phone, no one, the kids are not comfortable with being bored. And it is boredom that makes the best art that, that creates the best inventions. Right. And so, so your nearest neighbor was how far, what, how much we lived in town. Okay. How many people lived in town? The 363. All the 363. Yeah. No, this is a great story. What one day um, someone got mad at my dad and my mom, and I think I was at college or something. And so my brother was there. So they went around to all four population signs of Channing and, and put over it a sign that said Davisville population three. (gasps) Isn't that great? So I was like, well, I guess I'm not a part of the family. <laughs> yeah, you moved out. You're done. You know, you know, we don't even consider you anymore. Right. So, um, ju- just to show the level of like, you know, my, they just they just we just did everything. We did everything. Right. And you were you took care of one another. I mean, these communities. Oh, my gosh. They still- it's like a kibbutz. It's like a kibbutz a little bit. Right. So yes. your mother, I I read, you know, she got a a master's degree. Your mother was a speech coach and a teacher and she got a master's in speech communication when you were two. Is that correct? Uh, but, so I did grow up that both of my parents were getting their higher education degrees. You know, we would drive back and forth. Now Canyon, it, that was an hour and a half. Yes. We would have Schwan, Schwans. Is this a thing people No, No one knows this. What's Schwans? Schwan truck. Where? No. Live in these tiny towns, and a man in a truck with frozen food in the back would would drive and stop at the t- and 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 ring a bell. And, yes, and uh, and would deliver frozen food. So we would have Schwan man chicken sticks while Mama went to do this and Daddy went to do that. You know, the, getting their their degrees. So that sense of like continuing education, always being curious. And just a sense of like there was more in the world than than three six three and Davisville population three. Do you have a production company? Because you have to name it three six three productions. We don't we don't have that yet. We should. Yes, you have to name it three six three or yes. Davisville three <laughs> uh, productions. Okay, so going back, how many people were in? Did you go to preschool? Did you go to kindergarten? Or no. no. Melody Davis wanted to teach Elizabeth to read. So I ripped no, so we did school until I was what five. And then after five, then I went to school. So you were like homeschooled by your by Melody. Was Jonathan as well? He was six. I was six and a half before he came along. Oh, okay. So I very I have very strong only child vibes. Yes. Like strong firstborn daughter vibes. Yeah. That my husband has feelings about it. And, um, I'm like, I'm not an only child anyway. So she's like, no, you're going to, I'm going to teach you to read. And then you're going to go to school. And, um, 
You started in first grade then. And how many kids were in your class? Well, by the time I graduated, there, there were 10 of us, which meant. Wow. Which meant that because Frank was a superintendent, he had to write a letter. <laughs> I love that you call them Frank and Melody. Okay. My kids do that to me and it's so annoying. Go ahead. They'll, they'll have to forgive me. So I was not in the top 10% of my class, Judy. What? I was salutatorian, but I was not in the you top. You were number two. two. I was Jana Gates. God oh, love. fuck Jana. Look at Jana now. What is Jana doing now? Lovely. Judy, she's lovely. Okay. Does she live in Channing? She does not. She does not. But I'm not, not sure where she leads. She, she lives. <laughs> I feel so bad for number 10. Yeah. Were you friends with number 10? I, was I know you're friends with everyone. But I did, my high school boyfriend, Daniel Wall, you know. Was he in your class? No, he was the grade above. Of course he was. Okay. What so, number was he? I Three. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. You know, we we should put him to, we won't discuss him. Okay. We're not going to discuss him, but I'm just like, okay, go ahead. So I constituted what um, percentage 11 to 21 math, whatever. Right, right, right. The the entire 80th percentile was me. All 10 points of it. So (laughs) my father had to write a letter to my my school and say, this is why she's not in the top 10% of her class, even though her GPA was like 98.6 or something, you know. If you were Jewish yes. and you came home as number two, you know, what? You're number two, you cut. Who's number one? I mean, it would have been. Right, right. Forget it. But let, you know, Jana, Godspeed. Godspeed. We went, like, listen, my family wishes we were Jewish. This is not a lie. And I think most people in Channing, Texas and the surrounding areas wish they were too. No so. way. I think everyone in Texas hates us. No. Okay, no, 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 no. This is really not. no, we are Protestants. We, oh, okay. Got you. You are chosen, Judy. So we wish we were chosen. And we're not. So, but that, you know, that curiosity is very Jewish. That you know, know everything and learn, keep learning and learning. That's also a, a very Jewish kind of thing. So you, you are Jewish. And have you had your DNA done? No, I you never know. But let me tell, I, you know, I, I often play Eastern European. I know. And once, and once you, uh, played it, played a check. I did. Um, but, uh, I recently lost a job, uh, what, five arc TV sh- because I didn't have living relatives in Eastern Europe. I was like, I've got all the Western Europe folks, but I did, but I haven't done my, my DNA. So I don't know. I don't know. Wait, you lost a job because of your ancestry. My wonderful, perfect agent was mortified. Jewish. That- Is your agent Jewish? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And he was mortified that he had to even ask. But, but, but we were asked. So, uh, if, if I had living relatives in Eastern Europe, so it's Serbian, whatever, whatever it could have been, Judy, I could have not got the job because I was not good enough. Someone, that, else, um, no, sorry. Someone might've been better. No, but I'm sure that if someone had Serbian relatives, it would have put them right. You know, so right. Bonus. Great. She's, she's, she's right. And she's Serbian. Hey, everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which 
yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity and eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Can you name right now all 10 people in your high school class? Okay. Just, you can do first names if you want. Okay, go. My best friend left and I'm at what? Okay. That's a say. We had TJ, Ryan, Kristen, Tava, Jessica. Did I already say Jana? No. Shirley? Who? Shirley. Shirley? Shirley Vincent. Shirley is such an older woman's name. I love that. Okay. And uh, I don't, I think, oh, Cy Brown. Yeah, Cy. Cy. So there were three boys? Well, this is why I had the old, this is why I had the boyfriend in a grade above, because there were very slim pickings. I know, but this is why you're so strong, too. Like, you're the eldest, you know, you went to school with, with other smart girls. No? We, we did not, we did not suffer. There was no suffering of foolishness. Right. So did you, what was your school like? Was it like those shows where you have a little schoolhouse and there's one room and that, what was it like? It wasn't one room, but it was one building. And then there was like the math building was adjacent and the home economics building was adjacent. Oh, I, can you believe that we had to take home economics? I, I mean, you're way younger than me. The girls had to take home economics and I wanted to take shop. Well, we did get to take, I took woodworking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
home economics. So my husband, my husband took home. He was in Dallas. I'm like, oh, oh please, please, you're a city boy. I can't, I, I can't. Yeah. I don't know how to chop wood. Um, and so uh, 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 he actually um, took home economics as well. And he does know how to brown meat very well. That's amazing. That's great. <laughs> we had a so. I remember in third grade, they taught us how to answer the telephone. Yeah, I remember. I was like so excited because I wanted to be the, you know, and you had to say, hi, gold. Hello, gold residents. Uh, this is Judith. How, you know, something. I forgot what it was. I forgot yeah. to do that. Um, yeah, I rem- it's times were much simpler, but. Did you change classrooms every year? Like it was like the first grades here, the second grades here, the third grades here. Yes. Um, my gosh, Mr. Crawford, Mrs. Crawford. I do remember Mr. Crawford got mad at Tava and picked. I love that name, Tava. Tava Deathridge. And she picked <laughs> up, I mean, horrible things, horrible things happened, but you know, it was the, it was. She picked her up. Mr. Crawford picked Tava up. One hand with her in the chair, the other hand, the desk and removed her, you know, these things that stick with you when you're in fourth grade. Yeah. Things happened. Um, Mr. Knowles was fired for pissing off the water tower while drunk. Oh, wow. That's definitely in a play that I've written. Um, So testing the barometric pressure had to go piss off the water tower. So. Did you have extracurricular activities? Every single one, Judy. Basketball, cross country, track. I was a cheerleader. I was, I think I got it. You were a cheerleader for like three people. You couldn't have a team, could you? The reason I had to be a cheerleader was because there were not enough girls. I played basketball as the point guard. I also got a technical foul as a point guard for punching a girl in the tits. (laughs) Why? What did she do? She had elbowed me in the neck. No oh, one fuck f- her. Fuck her. And they didn't call a foul. Exactly. So I had, I had to say this, I will be judicious about this. Clearly right. I will take care of the judiciousness of the issue. So, um, and so then after we would play ball and scream and holler and I would try to shoot three point shots, I would then change, be a sweaty mess into my cheerleading outfit and then <laughs> further scream at the refs. And, uh, you know, I, I just, my entire cheer style was, Get up! Like just. <laughs> but then, how many people were on your teams? Like, were you playing other schools that were tiny, or Adrian Vega? You know, Hartley. Oh. Did Did everyone know everyone's business? I think. Right. I, I think so. Um, I know that Daniel cheated on me with my second cousin, and <laughs> drove to groom in the middle of the night. And then he also cheated on me with this girl named Johanna from Finland, who I've also written into a play. Yes, Johanna. Johanna from Finland. Maybe that's why I've gone the, wait, is Finland? What is Finland considered? It's not Eastern Europe. No, what am I? No. Doing? What is she? She's Finnish. She's yeah, Finnish. she's Finnish. She's Finnish. I'm done with her. I, over. Okay. So, um, uh, but, so I did know that. I didn't, oh, he also cheated on me with Tabitha Grant. So, oh, she's a bitch. I hate her. I, I can't even. Anyone with the name Tabitha. I'm sorry if you're listening and your name is Tabitha. Your parents made a big mistake. Go ahead. So what I'm saying is, oh, Lona Rogers, too. Lona. So uh, I didn't know anyone's business, but clearly he knew everyone's business. Right, right. 
So you did all this stuff. Did they have theater? Because I know your parents were both into the arts. I have to say, my parents remain heroes to me. They took these kids off of these, like, that would have otherwise had relative to no exposure to theater. And they did, they did, my mother did sophisticated productions. Mystery of the Ming Tree was, I think. Wow. They, it it was an oasis. students that come back and tell them such, you know, so it was really extraordinary to watch. This is for me where theater and, and I guess the arts combined with service really took hold the, the ability to say, we can do two things at once here, the art, and we can also try to change people's lives for the better. And I really admire that to this day about them. Did you have a prom? Did you have? Oh, yes, you did. My gosh, I haven't talked to this man in 20 years, but he's getting some um, some airtime. Daniel made a homemade, like, we, have you seen these, like, huge, the the, the mums? Yeah, it's, yeah. So just the huge, like, it looks like you have, you know, an additional set of bosoms. Right. Um, Which I do have now that I'm turning a very old age in November. Go ahead. I, well, I, I had a um, boob job fund in high school, speaking of. Really? Well, it was very, it was very in at that point to have boobs. Right. No. And I didn't. <laughs> um, so I thought, but now I, uh, I've, I've settled, I've settled in. I've settled in to that. Um, you got to love yourself because you, that's all you got. I, I can't, I'm still fascinated by this tiny little town, was there any sort of drama? Like, you know, was there, were there drugs? Were there, I mean, you think about all the stuff, kids in high school, mental illness. um, Did you have a guidance counselor? um, Or was everyone four or five different things in the town? It was so protected, Judy. I mean, I mean, it was, we did not have, I guess the internet, Oh my gosh. I didn't have a phone. There was, right. no we went out to the dirt track and threw rocks, like right. deeply provincial and people filled their, I happened to have a friend group that, you know, all 10 of us that just decided to fill our time with reading poetry and right. And Does, was anyone bullied? I'm sure they were. And it was probably me doing it. Oh, you're horrible. Okay. I, it probably, I don't think so. Kindness, kindness has always been uh, right. important, but, but I did. Oh, speaking of the prom, I did. I don't think the word bully is correct, but I, I know that Kristen wanted to have the theme for the prom truly madly deeply off of, do you know that song? Yeah. That song, I have no idea. And I was like, no, we're going to have your heart will go on. I still, it's a big regret. Do you feel like, so you were a little bit of the mean girl. It is possible. Yes. So I might have to get uh, Tiva or whatever her name is and Jana Tava. I, I need to, I need to get them on. You went to Baylor, you got a bachelor of fine arts and then you got a master of fine arts, a case Western reserve Cleveland playhouse. Now you started playing the violin at the age of three. I read. Is that correct? That's true. 
Yes. My parents took me to see the Nutcracker and at intermission, daddy took me down to see the orchestra and I distinctly like core memory. I was three. And I remember driving back to Channing in the Cougar, the gold Cougar looking out the back and crying because I wanted to play the violin, which was good because I was going to have to play an instrument anyway. I wasn't going right. to a good thing I wanted to. Who taught you? Mrs. Gibbons and Don Hart. <laughs> And, oh, there was somebody else in there. Oh, gosh. My parents didn't play. Right. And did you practice a lot? I mean, see, that's, no? No, of course, of course. Yeah, because you had, that's the same thing with me. I wasn't popular. And, you know, when I was sitting around the house, I'm like, I'll go practice the piano. You practiced. My mother, who I, hopefully you can tell, I'm obsessed with, I'm obsessed with both my parents and I love them very much, but she did, I do have this very scarring picture of I was bawling because I didn't want to play the violin or, or take my lesson, have my lesson, whatever. My mother took a picture and said, this is what you look like. Why, do you want to look like, do you want to look like? Wow. Little bit of tough love that, um, I really- Yeah, well, it's good. You got to see yourself. And meanwhile, Jonathan is just like- and not just a pain in the ass. Jonathan has revealed to me that while I was, I mean, that kid was sneaking out of the house before I, I'm like, how did just, you know, just the complete opposite of you popular kid, the kid who, you know, had fun. And I'm like, what is fun? I don't know what fun right. is. Very serious. Now you go to Baylor, you date someone your sophomore year. My gosh, was that Brian Matthews? No. Uh, you dated someone briefly your sophomore year who you met up with later, but we'll get to that. Oh, uh, yeah. oh that's right. I yes. Uh, uh-huh. And you are at this big school. What was the transition like? And you couldn't be the mean girl, could you? I think that I'm being hard on myself by calling myself the mean girl. Okay. All right. But you went from like this tiny little town to this big college. I mean, that must've been amazing. And did you watch a lot of TV? Like, were you? No. You must've dreamed a lot. Like what's the net, you know, I mean, did you dream I'm getting out of here and I'm gonna. I didn't watch TV because I believe like who, who, who was the, who is, is it Betty? And it wasn't Betty White. Who said TV is for being on, not for watching. Who said that? It was like some Betty White type. Right, right, right. And I'm sure Miss, I mean, obviously misguided a bit, but um, no, no, I was way too busy to watch TV. I was way too busy. Going back to your work ethic, my great grandfather came to Ellis Island. He brought Hereford cattle to the Panhandle of Texas. And there's just this sense of like, I'm standing on the shoulders of people that have sacrificed immensely for me. What are you going to do with that? Right. And I took, I've taken that very seriously my whole life. And that's, yeah, that's your work ethic. I've heard you say, know the history, know the history, know where you came from, know who came before you. Okay. So you're at Baylor, you're in this BFA program. There must've been kids from all over the country, uh, different backgrounds. Was it, were you shell-shocked or were, you know? Sure. Sure. I'm sure I was. I remember seeing Bill Master Simone's uh, oh, Extremities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a workshop of that. And I was, oh my gosh, I thought, how? This is, this is horrible. I can't be watching this. I can't be hearing this. I can't be an actor. And 
Yes, I was shell-shocked. Were the kids that, that were in your program, uh, did any of them become very successful at the Baylor program? Do you know the name Allison Tolman? Yeah. Allison Tolman. Allison Tolman, who has helped me develop a play that I wrote about Channing, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so proud of her and to her just soar and fly. And, um, whenever she booked Fargo, the day she had her audition in New York, I took her, she took me, I don't know, but we went and ate at Ted's Montana grill after that audition. And I remember like, they're not going to cast me. There's no way they're going to cast me. Right. That, that was, that was the beginning. That was it. You know I love my liquid IV, that I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben my son, Ben, who plays basketball, his team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the the, uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends or for going wild, have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome. So you then go on to um, get your MFA at Case Western, where you won the Young Alumni Award. (laughs) And you really, at this point, put your violin down. You wanted to be a serious, serious, you wanted serious acting. Never thought about musical theater. It was all never, never. I hated it. I think I could really sing, even though I'd sung classically with my father who had, you know, he had his degree in vocal performance. 
Do you, you had a piano at home or? Yes. And my father and mother played. Okay. You get an MFA and you know, you want to study this serious theater. So of course you're, you come to New York city. Cause if you're going to be in theater right. and you move to New York city and are you successful? What do you, what are you doing? Are you just going on auditions? Do you, how do you get an agent? I mean, I, as a comic, I have to say, it, you know, I feel lucky in a way that when I was starting, you know, there were places for me to get on stage. You know, there were so many places. It was the big boom in the eighties, but I could do a set at a happy hour anywhere, you know, but for actors, it's so difficult. I mean, this is where that's like hanging on by the thread, like the the process of going from Channing, Texas to even like getting my graduate degree at Cleveland Playhouse. I never met a professional actor until I was in Cleveland. I had no idea. The thought that someone could do this in real life, no path. There was myself, a machete and a forest. And um, so to answer your question, I, I had, let's see, I lived in the middle of Times Square uh, at a, Ugh. exactly. I wore earplugs at night so I couldn't hear the rats running on the <clears> ground. <throat> I was working at a Starbucks from like 4.30 a.m. until 10.30 a.m. And then I had another oh. job that started at 11 at J.W. Cooper in the Time Warner building where I was selling boots and buckles and belts. Uh-huh. Um, I was so stunned by the people coming in buying. I'm like, you don't have a ranch. I know for sure you don't have. Right, right, right. Anyway, so, oh, oh, but, oh, gosh. Best little whorehouse in Texas. Oh, gosh. Her name is, oh, my gosh. I'm so deeply embarrassed. Who wrote Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? Carol Hall. Yeah. Carol Hall's husband came in to buy a belt. And I was like, Carol Hall? I'm from Texas. That seed led Carol Hall led me to, I think, Angelina Fiordalisi, who started the Cherry Lane Theater, who then led me to Bridget Wimberly, who read my solo play. And like that belt. What? Right. What that one little you just don't know. You don't know. You have no idea. And also, I do think that if you're not willing to weave and to and if you throw things away, you, you won't be able to do the weave. Right, right. But if you say everything is fodder, everything is nothing in my life is unuseful. Right. Then, then, then there's a weave that can happen. And by right, way, you know what I mean. I mean, it, it's all part of the meal. Of the yes. Curiosity recipe. Yes. Okay. Free theater. That's what I was doing. I got fired from J.W. Cooper for taking a gig that paid me zero money. Oh, that's great. That's great. I mean, it was a real, it was a real highlight. You start, you get cast in once. Now, once is, was so fucking great. And by the way, I did a play and I am friends with Ann Nathan, who is a good friend of yours. <laughs> I love Ann Nathan. She, uh, she knows that I really, that I want to be Jewish. She knows. And then David, right. Adams, who's also also the original once we have a little trio where they like, they're like, you're Protestant and we're Jewish. And we, you know, there's like this mutual circle of, I love her. You realize that you are in New York city um, and you, you, you pick up the violin again. You realize that if you're going to get a job, 
it's it's in musical theater, but you never thought of yourself as a musical theater person. But you get here and you see, oh my God, I better get that that uh, muscle in shape. Yeah, I wanted to do Shaw and Chekhov. I wanted to do Ionesco. I you know I wanted to do Shakespeare every day. And and then it, it, you're exactly right. It was like, wait a second. So I picked up the fiddle. And that was that. I picked up the fiddle and we just had our 10 year once reunion concert. I came, I flew into the city for one day uh, from here being in Boston. And I saw Ann Nathan, David Abelis. David Abelis was the, the COB. Uh, so he was <sighs> devastating because I was right. like, oh my gosh, Ann and David. So it, it, yes, it really, it changed all of our lives and, and how it it's full circle for me was to say, this is, this is how my aesthetic started and to now be able to feel as if I understand, I'm beginning to understand what my creative language in the world is. So once, by the way, did you know that it was going to be this phenomenon? Because it was, it was incredible. I mean, all the actors were musicians, you know, I did Shakespeare in the park with Anne and we all, um, played music. I played the clarinet in that, but she's such a good musician. And, and so you, you had no, you get this part, you're probably having mixed feelings because, Oh, it's a musical theater thing, but you had no idea it was going to be this huge hit. It's crazy because I'm right in the exact same place. I'm literally 297 feet right now from the theater where we created once. Uh, uh, cause that's where we're doing 1776. Is that Huntington theater? No. A-R-T. Oh, um, ART. Yes. But you've performed at the Huntington Theater. I did. I did Indecent there. Decent. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. Paula Vogel. Oh my God. What a. Over and over. It, uh, that is the. Oh, go ahead. Yes. I felt very privileged to be welcomed into that. that that's an amazing piece. Okay. I'll say this. The, the director, John Tiffany, Stephen Hyatt, choreographer, and the Wolf, the writer, Martin Lowe, the music director. They are now my, uh, my age now when they were creating it. And I, now I can, my point in saying this is they knew who they were. They knew what they wanted to say and they were not afraid to create what they wanted. Right. You get to a certain age where you don't give a shit anymore. Right. And so they were, they were cusping into that place and they, and they, I think Stephen and John were each other's first boyfriends in Scotland, or I can't remember what. Right. Uh, they just, their aesthetic is so crisp that they know. So we did know, and we did have a sense that what we're creating, what we want to create. And there's something deeply powerful about saying, you know, you can tell when something is so watered down that you've had 17 opinions. And it's yes, yes, yes. Dinked. Right. I, I, the first time I ever, I grew up seeing, right. The first time I ever belted in front of a live audience was on the bar in the Oberon here at ART. And it was terrifying. It remains, it remains a part of my voice that I am frightened of, but. But you say you, you, I've heard you say, you know, that sort of inner humiliation is what makes you a better artist. To be Uh, embarrassed and to let, oh my gosh, to, to normalize that as a part of growth has been just an incredible teacher. Like I say, I can, of course I can be embarrassed. There's a hundred thousand new ways to be embarrassed. I'm sure. But, but the ability to just say, I, I may be embarrassing myself right now, but what will I learn from it? That to me, that ratio, the ratio of learning is higher or, or the, the cost benefit analysis of learning 
is greater than the risk of embarrassment. Right. And, and, you know, that comics comedians, Oh my God. It's, it's every night. We don't know. We have no idea. That's the thrill of it for me. You know, I mean, you are out on the furthest limb. It's incredible. Right. And then if they don't laugh, I just scream at them. So that's good. So, um, before once you have this, uh, you, I don't know how, but somewhere in Columbus circle, you meet this guy named Jordan Jordan Richard. Thank you. Richard. Uh, Richard. And this is the guy you dated. Well, well, uh, for a very short time, he went to Baylor. He was two, two years younger than you. So apparently you were robbing the cradle. He now. He's about eight months younger. He's about eight months younger. Oh, he graduated two years after you. That's right. Because he came to New York uh, and finished his degree up here because he was like, well, I'm going to go back to Baylor when I now work for Good Morning America. Right. Yes. He is a news producer, uh, director. Uh, he's fascinating. Also as well. Okay. So Jordan Richard, um, who is very handsome. So you meet, how did you meet him at Columbus circle? Like what, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we knew the other was in town and I was sitting down with Bailey Varnas of my graduate program and we were having lunch. These names are fucking, I think this is the, this is podcast has the best names of any podcast I've done in the last seven years. Go ahead. The highest honor. Um, I I have many more. If you would, if you would like, yeah. To, yeah. Bailey and I were sitting there, and then walks in walks Jordan and his daddy, and and it, and it was yeah. We walk away, and Bailey's like, "Why aren't you with him?" And Jordan walks away, and his dad said, "Why aren't you dating her?" And I think it was what I don't know. Eight months later, we were probably close to engaged because I knew him. He was my friend. Right. But you just said, hey, hey, and that was it. It was just like, hi, nice to see you and blah. I mean, I remember in grad school, when I was still in grad school, Jordan texted me this text that said like 54, big Apple countdown, 54 days, you know, and I was like, hmm, he's, he's paying attention. But I also was not, and he and I, we've talked about this endlessly to his chagrin. I wasn't that into him. I wasn't that into him. I'm like, you can't, you cannot handle me. You can't, you can't. Oh my God. You are. <laughs> you are from Dallas. You are, you can't. Ultimately, I'm sure it was a deep insecurity of saying, I am, I am too much as a human being. I'm just way too much as a human. And I don't, I really don't think that um, I'm willing to expose these it was all, that's all you, that's all your insecurity. Right. You're right. Oh, 100%. And, and not, and not wanting to be vulnerable, you know, and wanting to have the upper hand. Judy, the, the fear of being vulnerable after walking the path that, I, that right. I just described to you, there is no space for that. Right. You better suck it up and be tough as a boot. Right. So that process of, of softening, I think for, and I think for any person getting into a relationship is, you know, the, the process of unlearning your need. Right. Because it all comes out and you're like, Oh shit, I, I, I don't want to do that. Thank you so much for listening to part one of kill me now with the one and only the incredible talent, Elizabeth A. Davis. What a great person. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel. It's edited by Colin Schmeling. And everything else to do with this podcast in my life is accomplished 
by Brittany Joe Sowards, also known as Brittany Joe Sowards, who is married. If you like the show, please subscribe, leave a review, please, five stars. That way I can keep doing this, but it's getting a little more difficult as the weeks go on. So um, please subscribe and leave a review. The more reviews and subscriptions we have, the better it is for the life of this podcast. And I would give that review, I'd give a five-star, a five-star review. By the way, my um, Uber review, I, uh, my Uber Uber review, whatever number is 4.5, 4.5. Okay. And when I get a driver that has a 4.5, I'm like, oh shit. So maybe that's why they're not like picking me up in the exact spot that I asked for. And have you noticed that Lyft is so fucking expensive, even though I have a 4.9? Anyway, who cares? So it's summertime, which means you're going to be reading at the beach. No better book to read than Yes, I Can Say That. When I, they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. Written by yours truly. Uh, audiobook is also great. As I mentioned, I am performing. I will be performing this tonight, which is Tuesday night and Wednesday night. So that's July 5th and 6th at the Art House in Provincetown, Massachusetts. I have, I'm there all, all, you know, through the summer. I can't speak, apparently. And, you know, other random places. You'll uh, check out my website, judygold.com, where it has my calendar, and you can check where I'm going to be. And then you have uh, the Twitter and the Instagram, and I'm going to do more TikToks. Everyone keeps asking me to do more TikToks, at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y, G-O-L-D. And listen, not been a great few weeks for um, the country, and uh, I'm angry. I'm sad. We have to fight. Fight, fight, fight. The Supreme Court fucking sucks. They suck so bad. They are a partisan, hack, bullshit, Christian, fascist, like, I I don't, I really don't understand that motherfucker, you know, really did a job on this country. So happy July 4th. (laughs) It's really upsetting. But you know what? We have fought and fought and we have to continue to fight and that pendulum better swing the other way because it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, so that's that. And uh, you're all very attractive. I just want to say that. Whoever's listening till the end, I love you. I love you. I mean, can you fucking believe this crap? Can you? It's just, it's unbelievable. I, I just, you know, you fight and fight. You're so thrilled. And then, you know, Clarence fuckhead Thomas, you know, ruins your whole life. And his cunto wife, Ginny, and that fucking Amy Cunto Barrett and Brett Cunto Kavanaugh and Cunto Neil Cunto Gorsuch. Oh, ugh. Sam Cunto Alito. Ugh. Anyway, here's a positive. Katanji Brown Jackson. Katanji Brown Jackson. What a like just the best, the best. That's, that's a bright spot. I'm see. I'm trying to be positive. It's not working anyway. Um, I love you all. Thank you for listening. Do I have anything else to tell you? Not really. I hope you have a great week. Wear sunscreen. And as we always say, so long. <laughs>